entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. Now more than ever, you need to have a plan in your business to not just survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business strategist on a mission, and I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees sustainable profitability and guides your growth. I want to share some strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. Really excited today to have my guest and friend, Brendan Ford. He's the founding partner of Ford and Derulio, um PC, and he's originally from New York City. Brendan graduated from law school at the University of San Diego, where he was a member of the National Moot Court team and was inducted into the Order of Barristers for Excellence in Advocacy. After law school, Brendan secured a prestigious, if I can get my mouth to work, federal clerkship with the Honorable Thomas J. Whelan in the U.S. Court District Court uh, for the Southern District of California in San Diego. Wow, that's mouthful. Hmm. After his clerkship, Brendan worked in private practice as a litigation partner at a national and international firms before starting his own firm, which I'm familiar with, in 2015, where he focuses on uh, his practice on mediation, business disputes, and labor and employment. Brendan has been named Southern California Super Lawyer three years running and one of the top 100 rising stars in Southern California and one of the top 25 rising stars in Orange County. Wow, Brendan, that's quite <laughs> a resume. Isn't it wonderful when you get to hear it, when someone else says it? I think it's it, just, you go, oh, I'm cool, right? Yeah, I'm not going to be able to get my head out the door on the way out, but I'm going to do the best <laughs> that I can after hearing that. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show, Marcy. It's great to see you. Excellent, excellent. So we, we're here to talk about mediation because I think it's super important that business owners understand that there's ways to work through things. We're all going to face issues and problems. And I think, I think mediation is a great way, a fabulous way to improve the outcome. Don't you agree? I do, Marcia. Uh, again, thanks for having me. I think that mediation, especially now during the COVID-19 crisis, is as important as ever before. Uh, right now, the courts in Orange County were closed from mid-March through the end of May. So that's 10 weeks, basically 20% of the year, that people and business owners didn't have access to the courts. And there's a tremendous backlog. And so people that want have some kind of business dispute and want to get it resolved, simply don't have the ability to get it done in an in a efficient or timely manner. We had a trial that was set, a labor and employment case that was set for trial in August. We just got notification from the court that it got continued to April of next year. So with that, yeah, so with that lag, it's so how do we resolve these disputes? And mediation is a vastly superior method of alternative to, to dispute resolution, primarily for three reasons. One is that it's very efficient, which is instead of months and years of litigation, you can often get a case resolved in one day, the mediation. It's Amazing. way less, right, yes. I mean, uh, you know, the famous one, if you saw the social network, the uh, argument between Zuckerberg and the Winklevoss twins, I mean, it was over billions and billions of dollars over the founding of Facebook, and that was able to get resolved in one day, a multi-billion dollar dispute. So. Um, you know, that's one. It's much less expensive than hiring experts and paying for lawyers for hours and hours on end. Uh, 
And the most important is that you can control the outcome. I mean, you, you have profit with a plan, right? The idea is you get to control the outcome, you set a plan, you set goals, and then you move your business toward that, those goals. And so this is the part that I really like about mediation is you can, it, the, it's limited only by the creativity of the, of the business owners. And so- I love it. And then yeah. you're coming to the table too. So you're not, I mean, obviously some things can't be mediated, but I think it should always be the first try. Because the cost savings alone and the benefits of, of getting a resolution without having to go through courts and paying crazy fees, you know, and spending like we're experiencing now, ex- extraordinary time to get it resolved. If you can get it resolved sooner in mediation, that just sounds like the way to go. I totally agree. And one of the things that I counsel my business clients is to have mandatory mediation provisions in it. So, for example, the California Association of Realtors has a mandatory mediation clause in all of their contracts. So to the extent that there's a dispute between a homeowner or the seller and the broker, that has to be mediated first before either side is able to run to court and file it. And the resolution, the percentage of resolutions is in the high 90s. And so you're able to avoid clogging the courts with all of these uh, unnecessary disputes that could be resolved much faster. I think that's actually um, a common practice that I didn't realize until you just said that. Mm-hmm. Because when you go, um, I'm just thinking of my dentist. When you sit in his chair, he gives you all these forms pre, pre-authorization to come in. Right. And I always see that mediation clause. We'd much rather mediate rather than you have to go sue us because you didn't like the way we fixed your broken tooth or, or something along those lines. And I'm right. thinking back, it's pretty common out there. So I... I Surprise. <laughs> right. It, it's one of those things where it, it's the, why didn't I think of that? You know, once you see it you go, wow, that was so obvious. Like, why didn't I think of that? And now it's, it's starting to get more and more, but it, it's really critical because beyond there are, there are issues that are unique to business owners that other people in a personal injury case or some other kind of case may not have. And that is the need to maintain the relationships often. So, you know, sometimes you have it where, we do a lot of what they call business divorce cases where you have a, a law firm, a medical practice, an LLC, and they decide they just cannot live together anymore and cannot work together and they blow it up. And it's tragic because sometimes it just gets year, it's years in the making and the, and the amount of bitterness and, and antipathy that they have toward one another is so baked in that even the best media has a real tough time trying to un, you know, pack all of that. But, right. um, but you know, getting to up beneath the surface and trying to understand those interests, especially in a business context, is so critical in mediation. Mm-hmm. And you really can't do that if you're just at war and you're at loggerheads all the time. True, true. And, and it is, it is, it does seem like it, it's ideal for divorces as well when you're not, you know, totally emotionally engaged. How do you, how do you solve that? How do you anticipate and create a situation when you are in that business environment and you want to, you think that there might be an opportunity or a situation where you'll break apart in the future. How do you anticipate so you can make it, make it more effective and, and go down that mediation route? Right. Uh, a lot of it ba- is based on the parties themselves, unfortunately. You know, there's, there's the thing you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And so you can educate people. And one of the things that I've been trying to do is educate everyone who's in my orbit about how valuable a tool that this is and how effective it is in in nipping a lot of these issues in the bud. But ultimately it it comes from, you know, they say necessity is the mother of all invention. And so 
we're in a place right now where it is physically impossible to have all the disputes that currently exist handled by the court. It's like trying to drink out of a fire hydrant. It can't be done. It just it exceeds the capacity. So we are going to have to not it's not even a question of should. It's a question of must get ourselves in a position where some of these disputes can be done. And the business ones lend themselves really well. So, for example, there was a case in San Diego years ago where the biggest dispute was between the bank and the company that provided the proprietary software that the bank used. And so it wasn't a situation where the bank can just say, pound sand, we're going to attack you in court, because then they can say, no software for you, and then that's catastrophic to the bank. And so in those situations, it takes a lot of creativity and kind of outside the box thinking in order to come up with solutions that are business solutions and not necessarily legal solutions. Yeah, and it's always hard to keep the emotions out when they're when they're in that situation. So um, having that upfront um, piece of the plan where you say, okay, we're going to agree now when we love each other that we're going to mediate first or we're going to sure. try in any kind of situation. So you set down the groundworks. Um, and I think that that's, um, I think that that's the, the right piece to do. So then that in, in planning, uh, as what I do, strategic planning, that sure. would be created early on in that relationship and set in an agreement that we would mediate first and we would give it so many tries and and so yes. on before before we would have to go the the rough route to kind of end that thing. Um, I think that that's 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 a smart way of doing it. Um, it is particularly the timing is you're right. You're, the timing is a really critical point because yeah, you know if you're in a in marriage, the best time to do the prenup is when you're all lovey dovey honeymoon. <laughs> and the same is true in a business context when you guys are we're going to make a bajillion dollars and we're going to tackle the world. All right, let's do dispute resolution and just get this done in a safe way. I, I love it. I love it. I think it's so, so important. And I think that um, many business owners uh, don't think to do that pre-planning when they come in. Like you said, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're dating someone in a business world, you know, you're, you're all lovey-dovey and happy and we're going to conquer the world. Right. <laughs> but you don't think about the, the potential ugly stuff that could right. come on later on. And, and this, is, this is an ideal time to do it. Sure. So, so how does one how does one create the kind of package that would prepare them to to be in that kind of role? Uh, so it's so it's possible in the future. In, in terms of uh, a package for for the business owner to know when it's yeah, time like when, yeah when when would that be done and how difficult is it to create that kind of mediation prenup? I, no, it's it's not that difficult to do a mediation prenup. It, you you would just do it as part of your standard contracts, whether it be with a key employee, whether it be some kind of uh, you know business agreement between that, because that's when you really want to do it, as we were just alluding to. Yeah. Because then you know a lot of times one of one of the big things. I'm sorry, I'm going to take a step back, but one of the big things that changed in mediation occurred about 20, 30 years ago, and people have been negotiating forever. And usually it's been some sort of you're at zero, I'm at 100, and we, we go back and forth and back and forth to land somewhere near 50. That's how we've always been doing it. And in, in the 80s, a book by two Harvard professors called Getting to Yes, which is a very famous book, Roger, Roger Urey, I'm sorry, Roger Fisher and William Urey. And what they did was, and it's, it's brilliant in its, elegance, in its simplicity, but that is focus on the interests, don't focus on the positions. And the example that they gave, which is my favorite example, because it's just so basic and silly, is about two boys and an orange. So there's one orange in the house, and dad uh, and the kids are arguing because one, they both want it, 
And so the dad didn't read getting to yes. He's like, look, simple solution. We're just going to cut it in half. You get half, you get half. Now leave me alone. Neither of them were happy with that. So mom, who was smart and had read getting to yes, says, boy, number one, why do you want the orange? And the boy says, because I would love a fresh glass of squeezed orange juice. Well, boy number two, why do you want the orange? Because I want to use the peel in order to make a cake. Now that we know the interests, we give the boy the interior, the other boy the exterior, both gave up nothing and both get, got 100% win. And that's the game change in terms of figuring out the interest and then trying to address the interest as to whether or not it's half of the orange or not. So that was the true game changer. And that's what really changed mediation forever. And so it's one of the things I'm really excited about is, is kind of fashioning these creative solutions to very dicey business business issues. And I think that leads to greater success as well. And, Absolutely. And, and success is not you solving the problem. Success is me being happy with the solution and my partner being happy with the solution. Exactly. And I, I like that. I like that. Okay. So that sounds like it's one way to skin a cat. Right. Um, tell me some more different ways about mediation. So uh, one of the things that, that a mediator has to do, that's, that's one of the tricky things, is although I'm not a psychologist or a therapist, there are a lot of emotions that come in the context of a mediation, whether it be yeah, a business. <laughs> right. Even in, you know, you think in the uh, personal injury or in the divorce cases, but even in like a business divorce or a contract, there's always some interest that money is being used as a proxy for. So a lot of times if a key employee fights for a raise or something like that. It's really not the money. It's I want to be recognized as contributing more value to this company. And so you can find non-monetary ways to address that issue. Happens a lot in trust cases where you have um, usually, you know, dad has wife one and adult children and then wife two and minor children. And there's a lot of stuff where they fight over the money, but it's not really the money. It's who dad loved more, who mom loved more. Uh-huh. And so getting in those things is, is, is critical in order to move past impasse because, you know, listen, you don't need to hire me to help. If really you're just starting at zero and a hundred and you're going to land at 50, you, you don't need, you don't need me here for that. Uh, so. That's okay. It's business. I'm sorry. You, no, it's someone, someone's had, watching. Someone's getting, someone's watching the podcast and going, oh my gosh, I need to call Brendan right now. Exactly. <laughs> I usually have my do not disturb and I forgot it for the first time ever. But That's anyway, okay. so, so, so money is often a proxy for these things or, or in a medical malpractice case, you want money because that you felt the doctor didn't care when, right. when he or she acted poorly. So but the reason I mentioned that is just emotions play such a critical role. And so understanding when you talk to one side versus the other versus just their lawyers versus just the principals versus all of them together and mm-hmm. trying to to manage all of those interpersonal dynamics is really challenging. But it's something that's extraordinarily fulfilling to me because when you get to the end of the day and everyone is so pessimistic and then we say, ladies and gentlemen, we have a deal and everyone shakes hands and writes the paperwork. It's an incredibly valuable feeling. And it's, it's very, very rewarding to me. Wow. So um, in that process, is this something that you do solely as yourself or do you have a team? Do you have psychologists that come in and support and, and so, I would assume there's another mediator on the other side. Is there not? There, no, the, the mediator is typically a neutral party 
who bounces between the two sides in order to help facilitate. So the way I look at it visually is like you have two arrows and our goal is to get bend those arrows. So now we have one arrow. So we're both have a, a path on, on going forward. And, but to your point, yes, depending on the nature of the dispute, you sometimes have to get people, uh, you know, in a lot of divorce cases, you have to have accountants, forensic accountants, psychologists, um, child experts when you're dealing with really difficult custody issues. And so a lot of those things need to be managed in addition. So the mediator's goal is to try and address as many of these problems. What are the roadblocks between where we are right now and where we have a resolution? And I'm going to do everything in my power to try and whack away every single one of those roadblocks as hard as I can in order to get resolution and a deal. So Without choosing a side, because you're acting as Switzerland, you're not like, I'm not on side A and I'm not on the side B, I'm not right in the middle. And, and um, so I was in a mediation situation in the past, and I found that the mediator was, um, was very good at being Switzerland, um, but they were able to give us um, guidance as to what the normal uh, situation. So if we did go in front of a judge because, you know, we couldn't resolve, this is what normally happens. So that way we're kind of prepared to say that, well, reason, you know, my reason is good and her reason is good. And, and therefore this is why it should be this kind of solution. Right. Sure. No, and you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the key thing about mediation, it's a voluntary process. And so I, neither I nor any mediator can force anything. But but okay. the point is that, you know, that's the last time that you as one of the litigants gets to craft the outcome. Because if you decide to go ahead, a jury or a judge is going to make a determination as to your legal dispute. And you may very well not like the outcome and your options for challenging that become very limited. And so is that and a very expensive, <laughs> my goodness. And so, you know, do you want a less expensive negotiated resolution that gets you, let's say, 70, 80 percent of what you wanted? Or do you, you know, roll the dice, go to trial and maybe get 100 percent of what you wanted, but also maybe get zero? And so, you know, each case forces us to make those kind of determinations. And the mediators are supposed to help the litigants make an informed choice. And so, you know, I can't choose for you, but I can give you all the information that I would look at in terms of making this decision. And then you decide yay or nay if you want to take the deal or not take. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned sometimes it's just sitting across the table and being able to voice yourself. Um, what is the longest mediation process you've experienced? Uh, 16 hours. So we went, <laughs> that was a long one, but you know, that was a case where I think the opening offer was 50 million or the opening demand was 50 million and the opening offer was zero. And oh. so we knew, we knew we had a, we knew we had a long day ahead of us. And so uh, we, but after 16 hours, we got it done. So, but yeah, we were yeah. there. It's, it's a long day and you have to go and fight. But, you know, the, the idea is, and when I talk to people, when I'm mediating cases, I said, look, I'm going to be the last person out the door here. If you guys are still talking and you guys are still pushing and you guys are still working toward the deal, I will not quit on you and, and bail. And sometimes that really helps people because they know that I'm, I'm passionate about getting a deal done. I'm neutral but I'm passionate about working really, really hard to get the deal done and making sure that everyone leaves in a better position than they were before they met me. So that's, like that's that. the goal. Yeah. I like that. So tell me more. Um, we, we talked about, we talked about mediation as a solution, a cost-effective solution, a speedier solution. And it sounds like it's something that, that 
you know, I get my last say in, you know, I get, I get to make a decision and it's not made on my behalf. What are some of the, what are some of the other benefits I think that a mediation would do to business owners? And when might we want to set that up? Oh, sure. Questions. Sorry. Well, that's, that's fine. I'll, I'll it. I, yeah, it's fine. It. I, I get it. Uh, if we're in court, I'd object, but we're here with friends. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it depends on, on the case and it depends on the, on the opportunity, but Ultimately, we need to realize, I think, as a society that uh, COVID has created a ton of stress in the business community. It's created stress in our businesses, in our workplace, in our homes, every which way. And with that pressure comes stress, and with stress comes conflict. And so beyond just the narrow view of mediation, what we, I think, as a society need to recognize is that there's going to be tremendous more pressure, stress, and conflict. And we need to develop mechanisms writ large as a society to handle those conflicts in a safe and healthy manner. Because we've seen, regrettably, you know, with some of the riots and with some of the things happening, if, if you have it uncontrolled and, and it just spills out, it really can manifest itself in extraordinarily unhealthy ways. And so oh, that's so true. Yeah. So that's been something that I focus on from a macro standpoint. I mean, obviously, we have cases and disputes, but those disputes are beyond sometimes the just, you know, A versus B, and we're going to sue each other. You know, um, we've had cases where there are two executives who are both really, really, really great executives in a company, and they both have uh, subject matter expertise that makes them unique. But for whatever reason, they cannot stand one another. And so the fear for management is that, you know, one of these individuals is going to go, and it'll be a tremendous loss to our company if either one of these individuals left. And so right. getting a mediator to try and nip that in the bud and say, look, guys, I understand. Let's find some tools and some ways where you guys can. And then you get under the surface and maybe someone made a slight five years ago. Maybe you found out you make more money than I do or, you know, whatever the underlying issue is, you scratch at the problem long enough. And then you kind of you can see what the real motivating factor is. And it's almost never actually money. It's usually what you think the money means. Like you don't think I'm important. You don't think I'm valuable. You don't care about my career. You don't care about my future. That kind of stuff. It's and something so, emotional, right? It's always emotional or almost wow. always emotional. Wow. It's very, very rarely. Yeah. Because, you know, we, for better or worse, we use money as a way to demonstrate value. You know, if it's a rare car, it can be a million dollar car. And if it's not a rare car, it can be a $10,000 car and whatever in between. So that's how we assign value to things. And so, um, you know, with this additional pressure and let me just add one thing, um, there's going to be a slew of lawsuits coming forward as a result of once, COVID. Once the courts will allow them to get on the on the calendar, right? Exactly. So we have this backlog. And on top of that, we have uh, basically four areas that are going to be tremendously busy in my, in my prediction. Uh, one is that there's business interruption insurance. And so the businesses are fighting tooth and nail with their insurance companies to see what's covered and what's not covered under COVID. Um, second is going to be workers' compensation claims. That's going to skyrocket people's make, mm -hmm. people making workers' comp claims. So for people who have you know robust workforces, especially ones that may be in industries where you're really exposed to a lot of the general public, you got to be really careful about your insurance. Yeah. There. Labor, and labor and employment. You know, did uh, I am an essential business, and one of my employees gets sick with COVID? Did I do enough as a responsible employer to ensure that he or she was protected? We'll see. And then the last one is contracts in general, particularly lease contracts, because we yeah. have 
restaurants and retail and, and they have had no customers for months and they're Nate. expected to pay rent every month. Yeah. It's just not sustainable. And wow. so those four areas I, th- I predict are going to really explode. And so when you already have a backlog and you're already slow to begin with, and now you're going to add even more cases on top of it, you really created a, a, a mess that we're all going to have to work and, and think creatively in order to get out of it. Because if we're just going to do business as usual and sit around and wait five years for our case, it just won't work. And that doesn't make sense at all. Not at all, especially for those um, those business owners who have had to shut down and uh, struggling to survive in business. And, you know, they're looking for ways to get some sort of relief or some, right. you know, extension or something that would allow them to continue to survive. Um, I think that that, you know, we don't have time to wait those five years to solve right. that problem. We need to solve it now. And mediation sounds like a wonderful solution to, yes. to be that. So how does one get started in mediation? What, what's the first step that they take besides, you know, planning in advance? Say they didn't, what's the sure. next step? So, you know, let's, let's say, so if they did, great, that, that sets forth who you pick. Sometimes you can pick which provider or which individual, depending mm. on the, the nature of the contract. Uh, the the other thing though, if you don't, is talk to your talk to your lawyer friends, um, talk to your HR advisors, talk to the people who are in this conflict resolution. And people develop reputations based on whether they're um, some are they'll say maybe softer in their in their approach and a little more kumbaya, whereas some are more kind of knocking heads together and say no, you're going to put more money and you're going to take less money and just kind of be more aggressive. And so depending on the nature of the dispute the nature of the mediator, the nature of the relationship between the lawyers. They usually come together and make a decision as to which mediator they think will best give them the best opportunity to settle it. So, so it's it sounds like a good referral source would be your attorney, your original business attorney or your attorney friends that you have in. Because I was going to yes. say, well, what if I picked you? But yet my my the other person says, no, well, you you have a relationship with Brendan, so we can't use Brendan. I mean, that becomes right. a challenge as to who goes who gets to do the actual picking? Sure. No, it is, it is a decision as to that. And depending on who you use, sometimes their mechanisms using, they're called strike lists and things like that as to, as to who you want, who you don't want. But yes, it's a, it's, it's a referral and a relationship business. And so, you know, you start out by having two lawyers or two individuals, it doesn't have to be lawyers, who think that you would do a good job resolving their dispute and rinse and repeat and just, you know, two becomes four, becomes eight, and it just keeps growing and growing. So that's that's the goal on, on a go-forward basis. I uh, I believe very passionately about this issue. I believe that the problem is severe, and I think that the I want to be part of a solution of this huge, huge problem from the legal perspective. So that's why and, I do what I do. And 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 I can clearly see your passion and your knowledge on it. And um, you brought up some really valuable points as to where the future lies on this and how mediation can help you get those conflicts resolved faster, less expensive, and to an opportunity where you get to make that decision. Yes. So this is this has been really great and really valuable. Brendan, um, where can people get a hold of you? So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And uh, for your viewers, I wanted to let you know that I created a free report, which is the 10 keys to a successful mediation. Uh, Those are 10 really important aspects from before the mediation, during and after to make sure that you are 
primed for success and that you give yourself the best opportunity. To do that, you just need to find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Brendan Ford there. And just message me and say mediation report, and I'll be happy to have my team get you a copy. Excellent. What a valuable thing, because honestly, I don't know too many people that have already experienced um, or have the experience of mediation to be able to know how to protect themselves coming in. So with that kind of report, it gives you a little bit of presight, foresight, to be able to um, go in and have a successful mediation. So that's wonderful. So we'll make sure that that information is in the podcast notes. So the listeners can, if they're watching or listening, they can uh, know exactly where to go and how to spell your name and and all that kind of good stuff. So that sounds fantastic. Well, thank you very much for having me here on the show. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Absolutely. Well, listeners, thank you for listening today. I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will make your business more profitable and solve any conflict resolutions, you know, challenges that you have coming in and and making sure that you're prepared for them and you can come in and do them faster and, uh, and, and be more successful with it. So also, if you'd like to learn how just how to um, make sure your business can not only survive and thrive in these challenging times, go check out my, um, my free information on it. It's at failproofbiz.com. And it's my six tips that you can use right now in your business to create cash flow and, and really strengthen your company. You can do it in good times or bad. These tips are really super valuable. And while you're there, I'm starting a six-day big profit strategy sprint that will help you get these profits moving faster, get your business organized, and start your business planning uh, direction for you. So Brendan and I would love to hear your feedback, questions, ideas for future shows. Uh, we will be responding to the thread going through here after this is uh, after this is going. So put some comments in it and then subscribe. We would love to have you hear about what's going on on the next set of shows. So you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Brendan. Bye.